Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, I don't know if it's real or not. Some people have said it's fake, but they've quoted it from Will Buxton. Like, apparently Will said this. What's Will said? Not trying to throw you under the bus, Will. <laughs> you probably haven't said this, but basically it's going around on Twitter that apparently... Hello! Welcome back to another episode of the... Pit Stop Podcast. Ladies and gents, welcome back. It's currently May 11th. Mm-hmm. All right, we haven't got a race this weekend. Breaking news. Oh, okay. Breaking oh, news. Already? <laughs> yeah, already. <laughs> already. Breaking news is this, already. Is this the, the breaking, breaking news that I know is potentially this coming? This is a big one. This is a big one, okay? There is a high chance Daniel Ricciardo could be back in Formula One this season. That is big news. That's massive, mate. Can you tell me a bit more, please? Because I've, I've read a few things online. I've heard a few little nibbles, but give me the, give me the spiel. So it could be a rumour, and it could be completely fake, but it's everywhere. Helmut Marko has said that if Nick De Vries doesn't improve in the next three races, he will be replaced by Daniel Ricciardo for Canada in three races' time. <laughs> wow. Now, Daniel Ricciardo has reportedly been spotted at Alpha Tauri today. And as you said, having a seat fitting. A seat fitting, guys. Now, why would you get a seat fitting for a team that you don't drive for? The, the thing about Helmet Marco is not fake news. I've read that multiple locations. Mm. Um, so the seat fitting could, thing could be fake. It, I guess it could be. I don't really but know. But at the same time, you could definitely see how this would happen, couldn't you? Like, it would make sense in a way, like Red Bull being like, oh, yeah, go on then, Daniel, you can race for Alpha for the rest of the year. Do you think maybe this has been a little bit preempt? Well, I was thinking this. The thing is, Daniel had offers for better seats before going to Red Bull yeah. than Alpha Tauri. Yeah. So to go to Red Bull for like six months and then go to Alpha Tauri, he could have had a better race seat if he didn't go to Red Bull. So, yeah, but I do think that he needed this time off. And do you think he misses For it already? Sure. Yeah, of course he does, man. Of course he does. It's something I'm going to get into later in the pod, but these guys, they, they live and breathe it. It's, mm. their, it's their life and soul. Like, they need racing like we need oxygen. Do you think uh, Nick DeVries can improve in the next three races? Not with that pressure on him, mate. Absolutely not. Can know, you imagine bearing horrible. the weight from Helmut Marco staring at you saying, you've got three <laughs> races, mate. If you don't fucking make it, then it's game over. Yeah, and the Alpha Tauri isn't a great car either. Like, Yuki's been struggling in it. Mm. Although, however, Yuki has done all right this season. Yeah. I saw, a, I saw a, a post that um, his trainer, Michael Taliano, put up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it up. I think it was a story. But it was like the last... There's five races this year, isn't it? Has it been five races? I don't know. Bahrain, Let's Saudi, Australia. I don't know if it's in that order. Miami. What am I missing? And then it's... That's it. Miami was the last one. So we've only had four. Four. We've only had four races this year. I thought it was five. Well, Red Bull have got over 100 constructors. Baku! And Baku. Baku. And Baku. Five, five. races. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Yuki's done like 10th, 10th, 11th, 10th, 11th. Imagine you waited your whole life, though, for an F1 seat. You have five races, and then five races in, you're told you have to improve in three, or you're out. Because also, if you get, like, kind of kicked out of a seat, 
it's going to be quite unlikely you come back to another one very quickly because there's yeah. so many other people that these teams would want to try. So it's like crazy news and something to definitely watch because Daniel Ricciardo back in Formula One ultimately is what everyone wants to see. Do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just thinking about Nick here and I'm thinking like the way that he got into F1 was, was quite different from everyone else. Yeah. So do I think that Helmut Marko would have given this ultimatum to someone else if they had got in through, a, I don't want to say a more natural way, but like, do you Why? think- Why, what was his route in? Well, because he had to fill in and who oh, was it because for? of that, was it yeah. Alban? When he filled in, yeah, last race. It was at Williams. Season. Was it for Alban or was it for Latifi? Um, no, know. he sat in for, I can't even remember, but he came ninth, didn't he? He got points. It was a Williams though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Williams. Yeah. But then he also drove like an Aston Martin that weekend as well, didn't he? In, in uh, practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I'm getting confused. Um, so then the reason he'd done that, like, so he did really well in that race and everyone was like shocked. Wow, this guy's not driven an F1 before and now he's like done that. Mm. So that was obviously that bared a lot of the decision making and getting him on. So Helmut Marko is going to make the decision. Is he the one that will decide you're in that car, you're in that car for Red Bull? Because Red Bull basically own AlphaTauri, right? So is he going to be doing, do you think he controls the driver lineup enough to be able to say to Nick? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 really? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's obviously between him and Christian. I don't know if there's anyone else behind the scenes at Red Bull who also has a big say in it, but I do think that it's Helmut's way or the highway. And with I mean? Red Bull winning everything so easily and being so far out front, they can pretty easily like risk putting their reserve driver in another car. Because even if like oh, Max... It's not, a, it's not even a risk when no. it's Danny Rick, is it? Well, that almost no. rhymed. <laughs> it's not a risk when it's Danny Rick. No, but I mean, like even if Max or Perez got ill or something, they could easily get another driver in. It wouldn't even matter oh, if they lost the saying. points for the race. You know what I mean? So who else have they got? Um, I think they have a few reserve drivers. Most teams have three and they rotate back and forward from the races. I think they take one or two out. Who the hell do, do Red Bull have as a reserve? They've probably got a few F2 drivers. Do you reckon they got any eSIM? Hang drivers? on a minute. No, they can't have F2 drivers because you have to have a super license to drive an F1, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whoever they've got, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out, who their, who their reserves are. Do you reckon they could put an eSIM driver? I don't know. I don't, I don't just mean like last minute at the race. Like imagine if like it, it was like a Danny Rick situation where he goes for a seat fitting, he tests the car a little bit, maybe potentially does a few practice sessions and goes out. Do you think... Let's let's forget about the physical aspect of it. You yeah. know, they're not going to be strong That's enough. The next going to be strong no. enough. But apart from that, do you think that they could do it? Well, we know that the F1 car is the least physical. Like compared yeah. to F2, F2 is really physical, but you have power steering in F1 and the cars are just much smoother. Mm. So I think if you were physically fit enough and you were that good on a sim, it would translate a little bit. But when it comes to like actually racing on a track, you're going from being sat on a sim, being very confident to go round a car really quick. But when you're in person and your life is at risk, it's a completely different situation. I'm a little bit uh, disappointed in you. Why? Because I asked you who the Red Bull uh, reserve drivers were. I didn't know. Yeah, but I just went brain dead. Like, I guarantee I'd know as soon as you tell <laughs> I me. I think you should know because it consists of two people you've definitely been speaking about a lot. One of them you've been speaking about a lot recently. Go on. So, young talents, Liam Lawson. Yep. 
Dennis Hauger mm-hmm. and Zane Maloney. Yes, Zane Maloney. I, I knew. Yes, I knew oh, it was you Zane. Knew, you knew. I knew it was Zane because I congratulated him when he, when he announced <laughs> it. How, uh, Zane, I am so sorry. God, I want to just I want to put it out there for a minute. Like we get a lot of stuff wrong, but when you're sat here on a podcast and you know people are listening, your brain does go a bit dead sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes there's stuff where if me and Jake were just having a chat on the sofa, like he would he would blow my mind with his wisdom. But um, when you're on a pod. It's just a bit, it's a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, like, I'll forget everything I've said on this pod. Come to the end of this, and when we edit it, I won't remember anything I've said. It just comes out like gibberish. That's like, the blah, 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 craziest blah, blah, blah. thing about doing what we do, is that people quote me. I know. People who, you know, someone said about something that I said about Max, like a few pods ago, and I was like, did I really say that? It happens to me all the time. It we wasn't see- nothing bad, but I was just like, did I, did, I just don't ever remember anything that I've said. Yeah, we see people sending messages to the account, and um, oh yeah, by the way, thank you to everyone that has been messaging, and one who entered the mic giveaway that was great we'll definitely do another giveaway soon we've announced the winner as you guys know we did say today potentially would be a guest i can promise you now there is some big big guest episodes coming we have an exciting list over there and it's hang on this this is an exclusive well this is not this is big because we do have some amazing guests yeah and um, i'm really excited i do want to say it's probably you know it's definitely people that you guys are going to want to hear from like some incredible stories I think are going to be told, but maybe not quite the people you expect. Yeah, I like, that's a good way of putting it. I think we've got guests that will surprise people in the aspect of like, oh, that's an interesting guest for them to get. Yeah. But I think we've chose people that will have incredible stories. So I am really excited to do the apps. Yeah, you know, it's not like fucking Kermit the Frog. Do you know, like no. it's not random, but it it's different, but it makes sense. Oh, oh it makes perfect sense. And you sense. guys are going to lose your absolute marbles when you see some of it's these It's going to be good. It's going to be good, but we have no race weekend. No race this weekend, which no. is a shame. Stag, stag's going on a fab do. Fab's going on a stag do. Okay? Fab's going on a stag do, yeah. My, one of my best mates, James, from school, is getting yeah. married. Congratulations, James, on the marriage. And Gabby. Congratulations, and Gabby. James and Gabby. Oh, yeah, he's not just getting married to himself, <laughs> is he? Knowing James, he'd probably get married to, like, an aubergine or something, because he, he's a chef. He loves Very food. Very good chef. Yeah, he does love his food. You said something a minute ago about um, the cars. I think you were talking about, it's annoying because everyone's going to know because I've already forgotten. But you were talking about like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You were saying how the F1 car is like the easiest car to handle out of the lot. Uh, Before we done this pod, we were watching some like little mashups of like, it wasn't about Ayrton Senna. I think it was a Top Gear thing, but there was a clip on Ayrton Senna. And they were showing these clips of Ayrton Senna. And, you know, you and me, have we've watched the documentary and we've both watched stuff about him before. But when you have uh, a racing driver there explaining him, it makes a lot more sense. Brundle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Brighton was was sat there. Who? Martin. Martin Brighton. Did I say Brighton? <laughs> <laughs> Brighton is his new name. Brighton is a new name. <laughs> Martin Brundle is now official Brighton. I love for like Crofty or Jensen to say so that. Say Brighton on commentary. Brighton. <laughs> Brighton was basically he was anal- him and Clarkson were sat there and they were analysing these clips of Ayrton. And they were saying, you know, even when he's driving in a straight line, the, did, you, did you see yeah, it? The yeah, car yeah, yeah. was like so twitchy. Mm-hmm. Like you see an F1 car these days and they're going down the straight with DRS and they're just like straight as a, as, a, as a die. But those old cars were clearly an absolute handle mm. to, to control. And most of the big dogs always say that Senna was the best ever. And after hearing Lewis speak about it on that Top Gear thing, you do have to think like when he was doing it and the way he was driving was harder to drive. The way he's like drifting around cars and that and doing drifting, everything. Drifting, Literally drifting round cars. Who in an drifts F1 an car. F1 car? Like, 
an overtake on a corner. Yeah, and they're doing it at speeds without basically any of the protection that you have now. Like, no halo. Did you see how much their head's sticking out it, like, yeah. of the car? If the car flips or a car goes over it, you know, it's completely different to these days. Him and Brundle did. Did you see the crash? No. Br uh, I think Ayrton went over the top of him. One of the, your typical, like, where the halo always saves him. Really? Luckily, it didn't land on Brundle's head, but he had a crash like that with, Se with Senna. I know he has the famous bit where Senna crashes into Prost, which meant Senna won the championship, where it's like, mm. a, that's like obviously a talking point because it's probably like one thing Senna did that a lot of racers probably look at and they're like, wow, that's kind of bad because it's like a deliberate crash. But then at the same time, like he argues when you don't go for the space, you're not a racing driver anymore. It's Just different times. It's so tough, yeah, because like if everyone... I guess if, like, Senna is, like, you know, Max is, I guess, a bit like Senna, in a way. I, I don't want to, like, tread on any of the toes of, like, the, the hard, like, the die-hard F1 but fans I get what you mean, like, he goes years. for gaps and he... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if, if the whole grid drove like that, <laughs> then it'd be like bloody Mario Kart. Like, it would be insane. They'd be chucking bananas out of the... <laughs> like, wouldn't it be nuts? Yeah, like, no, it's a style, isn't it? There's, there's room for, like, one or two people like that on the grid. But if every single person was, was nuts like that... But you do have to remember that F1 and the way how quickly it moves these days, if that person doing that on the grid wasn't good enough, they would be out. Mm. Like, the reason Max get, gets away with it and has for so long in so many moves is because, you know, 99% of the time he does make it work. He does make that move stick. He is very good at making a, a move a lot of drivers wouldn't. Mm. And, and there's other drivers on the grid that do it. Look at Alonso on signs a couple of races say, ago. Alonso is another one of one those One of the people. best overtakes of this season so far. And he's probably one of the only people that would go for that. Didn't he win it? Didn't he win like the best overtaker? It was, it was I think actual, he. I was, think he actually might have. Yeah, no, 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 he's won it twice. What he won? They do it per race, do they? Ariana Bravo presented it to him. Potentially, in Miami might have been in Baku. I don't know if it's like a physical award. It might have been, but she. You just, missed. This is reminding me. You said after last pod, as soon as it finished, you were like, "Ah, oh, yeah." I forgot to say about I, Alonso. I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Um, for anyone who's unaware what we're talking about, there was, I think after the race, they, was, they played a, a voice clip, a radio clip of Alonso. He was driving around the track and he's, he, he radioed in and he said, um, he said, where is Lance? Tell him, tell him nice overtake on turn one or something like that. <laughs> that is crazy. And it turns out that Alonso was watching the big screen as he was driving around the track and he saw a replay of Lance doing an overtake. I'm sorry, but... That's just like a mic drop situation. Yeah, that's insane. Like, surely you're too busy looking at the track. Like, it makes me think, like, even going back to the Senna thing, he was driving around Monaco one hand. One like, hand some people, which, to be fair, I drive the sim one-handed every now yeah, and again. Yeah, true. I, I, do you know what? It's funny because I've always thought there was like a little twinge of Senna in you. Well, did I, did I not win fastest lap at Brands Hatch? Against a load of yes, racers? Yes, you did. Sky, you. Sky Tempesta, was it? Yeah, I actually I know it was BMW. So next time I get in a racing car, let's see what I can do. But no, the fact that Alonso was able to look at a screen, take that information in for long enough to see that Lance has done a good overtake and then radio in whilst driving is sickening. But you see it with Lance, you, sorry, you see it with Alonso a lot because I also noticed it might have been in that clip or before, but I'm pretty sure he was talking about other people's tyre deg whilst driving. So whether he had Lance behind him, oh no, he was behind Lance, I'm pretty sure. And Alonso was radioing in saying about how Lance's car looks. Mm. So he can't even feel it. Mm. Kind of, he's not even the one driving it, but he can see how it's taking the corners and offer advice to the team. He, that, 
That is so valuable. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's uh, that's just what happens when you you've been in a sport for so long. Yeah, you've always said he's the goat, and like I've always over the first year of pit stop for a while, I didn't understand why you were like Alonso, well, no, it makes Alonso, sense because he was in you know what was he driving at the time an Alpine. Well, yeah, you just did, I I didn't see anywhere near he as much. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, but now you know. Aston Martin are absolutely smashing it. You've got to think when we had Mikey on and Mikey was buzzing, they got one podium. Since then, they have been flying. Yeah. Some things just happened, didn't they, without without anyone's control. And, it, you know, was there like a, was there, was that a big part of Alonso going to Aston's because he knew that they had all these upgrades? I think it was. I he think definitely would have known. He, yeah, he was, he would obviously have been fed information that the car was, was going to be quick. But how much can you trust that as a driver? I mean, does Alonso have so much experience that Aston Martin can show him the car in development? Maybe they can show him that? parts of the car yeah. and say, like, look at this. But does he know that? Like, has, has he just kind of fallen into this and it's all, everything's just sort of aligned and it's like, you know, thank the universe? Mm. Or has it, has it been like 100% strategic from Alonso? I don't know. We'll find out one day. I one day will. everything will come out. When he comes on the pod. Yeah, that, that, oh, that would be a dream. That Alonso on the pod. Also, F1 have been listening, or whoever does all the plans for F1, because they have. there's a few things happening in the Formula One world that we've definitely been speaking about on the podcast over the last year. The first one isn't something we've been speaking about, but it has been confirmed that Honda are reportedly set to partner with Aston Martin in 26 sorry in 2026 yep uh-oh so uh-oh. for the new thing you could see honda partnering with aston martin uh-oh. for when all the regs change uh-oh why the uh-oh because that's going to be a force to be reckoned with mate that, that will be a scary team i it? don't know too much of my history but i do know that honda in general are just absolute machines at making racing machines yeah yeah they know what they're doing they've got a good team like in even in like the motorbike world mm -hmm. and i don't know anything about bikes but i know that hondas are, are amazing even their road cars are like was it the honda civic was like you're asking the wrong <laughs> fucking guy yeah, are the fucking wrong guys <laughs> talking about it as well but i do know like they they are renowned for like making some of the best engines and that's why red bull had honda engines for for a long time but it's also reported that there might be 12 teams on the grid in 2026 come on and i have been saying come i've on. been saying for a while 12 teams it needs two more and one of them will be andretti they have submitted an official bid to formula one they will hear back this week whether they will be approved to have a team in 2026 it's already underway but how do we know it's not a replacement um no it's another one it's another one i genuinely don't think we will see any of the teams currently on the grid not on the grid for a while. Like, realistically, which one of the teams on the grid is going anytime soon? None Alpha? Of them. Nah, nah, back Maybe. by Sauber Group, mate. Them, Alpha's massive. They're, they're more likely to partner with someone well, yes, in 2026. I don't think Sauber, yeah, Sauber wouldn't go anywhere, but maybe it would just be rebranded as a different... As I, a different I don't car. think... I think... Andretti come in. Like Alpha could turn into something else because they were, yeah, what, yeah. were they Renault before? Fuck me, this is really bad now. Yeah, two more teams, Andretti and someone else. Has could go, I think. They're like they're like running it for America though, like Ford. Ford are going with Red Bull. Yeah, so Chevrolet. Chevrolet Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> no, no, no. There's something yeah, about Cadillac. There is. <laughs> there I remember really hearing is. that. What the flip? Was Who it, said wait, it? Was Zach it Brown? No, it was on the grid. Maybe it was the guy from Cadillac saying they've submitted an approach for a it, team. It was the grid walk from Miami. But that is Cadillac Andretti. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Is that the same thing? God. Because if not, maybe they're the two teams. We need what Joe Rogan has where he just says to Jamie, can you pull it up? And he, I have a I've really bad it. feeling that Cadillac is Andretti because I feel like I heard him say something about Cadillac. Just... Andretti joins forces with General Motors for Cadillac Formula One entry bid. Wow, General Motors. Look at that. You are learning some amazing stuff on Pistol Bloody Podcast today. Hell. So does that mean like this? The F1 car is going to be like massive, have gold rims. It's got hydraulics. It can bounce up and down. I hope so. Pimp my ride. They they should actually do a race once a year where every F1 car goes into Pimp My Ride. And they all have to add like a certain amount of weight, but they can do what they want with it. And it's for charity. The pit stop race. I still want the F1 Legends race season. Eight races a year. All the F1 Legends get together and they race. Yeah, I would like to see that. I want to see that. I'd love to see different F1 leagues. I was um I was looking at some information earlier about like old tracks which may end up coming back and one of them was like potentially Malaysia. I don't really yeah. know anything about the Malaysian track. No, I don't know. But what I do know is that it's you know it's one of those countries that's like mon- they get monsoon season where like it's just mad weather and I think that's one of the reasons why I think a couple of times they've had to maybe cancel the race in in uh in Malaysia. And that's the last that's the worst thing that can happen really, isn't it? Cuz oh. it's not like they can just push it back or anything. We've been sat at home like on the sofa on a Sunday, like tucked up, duvet, ice cream, like Deliveroo on the way, like ready for a day of fun mm. with the F1. And then it's been rained off. Look at Monaco. And that sucks. Monaco last year, mate. Sucks, mate. Yeah, it's a but shame. They still went ahead, didn't they? Like after... Yeah, they, did a, they didn't go out for long though, did they? No. They cut it short. But can you imagine cutting a whole race? But then imagine being there. I know. Imagine having travelled to the race. There's people who travel the whole world to go to like all the different races. Yeah, when they have to cancel it, it's a nightmare, mate. That's, they'll definitely have to consider monsoons. Yeah. There's also been another rumor going around in the F1 world. Now, this is I read this firstly and thought it was true. And for ages, I was like, how on earth are they going to do that? You shouldn't tell me it was fake. You could have had me there. Oh, well, well, I don't know if it's real or not. Some people have said it's fake, but they've quoted it from Will Buxton. Like, apparently Will said this. What's Will saying? Not trying to throw you under the bus, Will. <laughs> you probably haven't said this, but basically it's going around on Twitter that apparently Brad Pitt will be driving a real F1 car alongside the other 20 drivers at Silverstone. Yep. Have so, you seen that? I Yeah. For the film? I haven't seen that. I do have, I have some inside information though about that. Like, not really like inside, inside. I've just been told. Can you say? Well, I mean, they're just, I think that like, yeah, they're going to be, I don't even know if this is inside information. This could be general knowledge for all I know. But yeah, they're filming at Silverstone. They're going to start produ- like actual filming of that movie from Silverstone onwards, I believe. Okay. So it's in like, it's the movie's in pre-production now. Lewis is going to be in it. Brad Pitt's in it. I believe t- uh, Tom Cruise is either in it or he's direct. No, the guy who directed... Maverick, Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick is directing this movie. Okay. And we watched it. But this tweet makes it sound like <laughs> it says Jeremy Bruckemere and Joseph Kozinski will enter an 11th team to be able to film on track scenes for the F1 movie for the rest of the season. This makes it sound like 
at Silverstone, there'll be an 11th, there'll be like an 11th team on it in the shot. And then it made me think, to be fair, if they'd got the deal, they could probably just about get away with getting them to go out on the formation lap and getting that one shot of them with the rest of the cars. Yeah. Oh, it could never be during the race. No, but, but this made but, it sound like it would actually be racing. <laughs> and I was like, what the if fuck? If they do, if they do, then that's nuts. And I'm all for it. And I fucking love that. I think that's amazing. It sounds like a bit of a logistical nightmare, though, like having two more cars that aren't actually racing. I think it makes complete sense. Because, uh, right, if you want to make a movie which is the shit and it's believable and it's real and there's no kind of Hollywood BS about it. Like it's actually real and like convincing. Who, how, how do you stage, how, 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 how do you stage a convincing race? Do you hire, do you hire 20 drivers, stuntmen? The drivers in the cars aren't going to be F1 drivers. So how are they going to be able to have a convincing race with F1 drivers? No, surely it's going to be the whole F1 grid, no? <laughs> yeah, they will be. But in the two in the movie, the 11th team that's added, yeah. that's, what the t- that's what the movie will be about, that team. Yeah, that but, won't but surely, be F1 drivers. No, but at least if, so... <laughs> There's two ways it could go. I see right? what you're saying. So they either put two stuntmen in replace of Brad and, and the other person, and you've got like stuntmen or racing drivers. Yeah, and Martin Brundle would be yeah. sick. Brundle, Brighton, <laughs> Brundle. Um, and so, and then they film separate clips of, but you know, that's. Is it Tom Cruise? It is Tom Cruise, isn't it? I, I don't know the I think, confirmed I think it's, If it's Tom Cruise Brad and Brad Pitt, Pitt, you know Tom Cruise obviously does all of his stunts. Yeah. He was actually in those planes in Top Gun. So, like, I would not... And he's driven an F1 car before. So I wouldn't put it past Tom Cruise to actually be in that car doing it. And at least you're on a track with, like, 20 other professional but drivers. But they're definitely not going to be on... We're not going to be watching TV and there's going to be two cars <laughs> at the back that we've never seen before racing them, are we? Mate, not during the race, but I think it could happen, like... On a, on a Saturday. I could see it on a formation lap. I think what they'll do is they'll get them out there once, like to go round formation lap before practice or something, so they get the shots of all the cars on track. I think we're being stupid. And then I reckon they'll just get them to, to film at Silverstone on their own, and in edit, they'll be able to put the other cars in. Yeah. But there's obviously no way they're going to be fucking racing with the F1 grid. But on Twitter... Yeah, everyone, I wouldn't put it past Liberty Media, but I think it's cool as shit. People, like, I, even, even me, I'm like... To be fair, but I think that'd be cool as shit. But it's just never gonna happen. I just don't know. Don't really know. What I do know is that yeah, Tom Cruise is a bit of a badass. Tom Cruise could do it. Could definitely. But they just mate, they wouldn't be able to. These two random people, not random. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise couldn't drive. I don't care who they are. They could not get in an F1 car and keep up with the grid. Not like no, but they're not going to be going full pelt. And also like. You got to think they could have been testing in an old. They have so much budget for these films. Wouldn't put it past a production company to have just bought an old F1 car, have a little bit of a team, and they've been testing it. And Brad Pitt's been getting in an F1 car for the last eight, so Lewis eight is months. Involved. To, yeah, I feel like having Lewis involved will give them a lot of access at F1 and give them a lot of like, well, we need to film that, we need to film this. I wonder how oh. involved F1 are with the movie. Do you oh, know what I mean? Oh, mate, I think they're all over it. Oh, so F1 are, if F1 are like a partner or producer or like involved in the production, then you might see some crazy shit because it's, they will have the access. It's actually really exciting because it's going to be, you know it's going to be good. If F1 are involved in it, right? When you look at movies... And again, this is just like a, off the top of my head. When Hollywood makes a movie about the music industry, you had like the, the Queen movie and the Elton John, stuff like that. They're always a little bit cheesy. Like 
from the music industry's point of view because Hollywood never capture it correctly. Mm -hmm. They like blow it up and make it a bit more Hollywood. Whereas, you know, because they don't work with the music industry to make these movies. Whereas if F1 are working alongside, then it's going to be perfect. Yeah, because they'll be providing them everything the company would have had to build fake. Like, they would have legit. had to do sets or green screens. But mm. if F1 can give them access to all the tracks and everything, uh, yeah, it would be exciting to see it. And an F1 movie is great. I think they'll, they will, they'll film at Silverstone. The thing is, they've missed Monaco. If they're not filming at Monaco, like in a, in a few weeks, whenever that is, they've missed it. Maybe they have been. Maybe they've been filming all year, mate. Surely, if they're going to make a movie about we F1, back they're going to the film from this year. There's two extra cars at the back that we didn't notice. They've been there the whole time, <laughs> just going round. Do you remember that story <laughs> about that car in Monaco? Where, uh, they put the diamond in the front of it, and then, yes. it, and then it crashed. Yeah, and the diamond, as to this day, has never been found. Was never found. I know where it is. I found it. Yeah. Shh. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Ruth Buscombe's wedding ring, mate. Have you seen the side of that ring? It's insane. That is the biggest wedding ring I've ever seen. Ruth Buscombe is verified on Instagram. Ruth, congratulations on the verification. I actually sent Ruth a, a DM yesterday. She deserves it. Um, I sent her a voice message. Uh, what did I say to Ruth? We were just chatting, so I gave... She replied to my story, Hey Jude, because I posted about Jude Bellingham going to Real Madrid. And I replied, Hey Jude, <laughs> welcome to Real Madrid. <laughs> Ruth, I hope we see you soon. <laughs> Don't know how I switch songs like that. Yeah, you definitely switched songs. I don't know why I'm singing. Cause I'm sad and lonely. <laughs> was this when I was out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fab leaves the house and Jake's crying. Congratulations on your engagement. It's so good. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> no, yeah, I just want to say, yeah. Did she not sing back? No, she said, Jake, get yourself on Eurovision now. Eurovision <laughs> is currently on. I don't know how Eurovision works. I've never watched it, but I think as like, you know, I feel like that's right up your street. It is, but only when I'm allowed on it. Like, I reckon I could do it for, for GB. You want to represent England in the... Yeah, one day. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite musical. I think you could probably do it. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks, mate. Um, I don't know if I would say you're musical. Don't, but, like, just because you make music... No, but you do... You there's have no a such you, thing you, as not being musical. No, you just... You have uh, an incredible talent for singing. But I'm not musical. So that that doesn't really make sense. You're a, you're a lyricist because you make lyrics up on the spot. You're like a poet. You're, I'm a rapper. You're a no. You're a poet laureate. You're like <laughs> you're like <laughs> no. A rapper sounds cooler than a poet. Bernard Kipling, whatever his name was, he wrote all those Kipling kids. Mr. Kipling's. Yeah, I love Mr. Kipling. The lemon slices. Bernard are Matthews' great. wafer thin turkey ham as well. A absolute classic. When I was a kid, Do you know what else was classic when I was a kid? Go on. The Billy Bear ham. Anyone from the UK? Shout us out, hit us up in the DMs if you've ever had. Did you, did you have so, it? Why don't you tell the people what your lunchbox was when you were at school? So I'm glad you but, asked, but not just what was in it. So for those of you listening, a lunchbox obviously in England is a you know your oh, box of lunch. Oh fucking come on, everyone knows what fucking lunchbox is. They're like around America or something. They might call it something different. That's my food box. A sandwich box or something. I That's don't know. my food case. Well, what, what, let's from the outside to the inside. What was your lunchbox? I'm so glad you've asked me because this is a very very big thing for me because I would go to school 
And I would be so jealous of everyone else at school because they always had like fruit winders, white bread sandwiches with like ham and cheese and mayo in it. They had like little mini pepper armies. They'd have fucking cheese strings. Some people even had them boxes that had the, do you know what I mean? What yeah. were they called? The boxes where you had the three things, the cheese, the ham. The, yeah. Oh, the little, um, build the little build a sandwich yeah, thing. Build a sandwich box. Someone called. whack one of them out. Cool. That's like having a Rolex. Every, literally. <laughs> It's almost like having a Maurice LaCroix. Um, but, yeah. but I was the kid at school. And I think back now, and I think fair play to my parents because they just wanted me to be a healthy young boy. But I returned up to school. I had my Action Man lunchbox. Action Man, nice. It was a black, uh, black Mine lunchbox. was Thunderbirds and it was blue. Oh, cool. Mine was black the with an orange handle. And I'd pop my lunchbox open and I had... You actually did have to pop them, like clip them. Y- yeah. The plastic was yeah. so old-fashioned, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I would have like brown bread sandwiches, like seed, seeded brown bread with like tuna mayo and sweet corn in That's it. That's good. And then I'd have like a box of raisins, maybe like a yogurt, but not like a cool, like a chocolate yogurt or like a Muller corner. It'd be like one of those like healthy gut. Yakult. Yucky yakult type thing. <laughs> and I, so like, a little yeah. shot of yogurt. Yeah. Fair play to my parents because they wanted me to like be healthy, but I would be so jealous. I would try and trade my. Did you not have any crisps? Spa- no, not mate. a bag of Space Invaders? Uh, absolutely not. Wow. No, no way. No. But then I do think that because I was deprived of junk food as a kid and I went extra ham when I when I became like a really, teenager. really did and go I could, extra ham. And I, yeah, I went extra Billy Bear ham. Now you're it. having extra, extra ham. This guy eats. I love ham. <laughs> tell, tell me what was in your lunchbox. Well, yeah, Mr. it was May. a Thunderbird lunchbox. Um, I've Where never... the Thunderbirds are go. <laughs> I've never really been a fan of bread. and uh, we're, This is really not an F1 podcast today, is it? No. Um, well, yeah. it was for the first 25 I don't minutes. mind bread in a toasty and every now and again, but like, I wouldn't out of choice have sandwiches. Like I'm just not mad in bread. So I liked wraps. That's probably why you're quite lean. You don't have many carbs. No, I've never been mad into that stuff. That's know? why I'm quite chubby because I love carbs. I don't think I'm like lean. I'm like athletic. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a swimmer. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually a really good swimmer. You are a good swimmer. Um, I would have a wrap, like a white wrap, Mm. white breaded wrap, Mm -hmm. um, cheese, mayonnaise. Handmade by Michelle. Yeah, Yeah. and chicken in it, like like, lumps of chicken. And I'd have like a chicken and cheese wrap. And then I'd have like Space Invaders, a penguin bar and a fruit. But then fruits got banned. So you were one of those kids, mate. You were one of those kids that I envied. And we're talking primary school, guys. So like we and Jake didn't know each other in primary school. We were no. secondary school friends. But yeah, you were one of those guys that I wish I was. Yeah, but I the, wish I was you fruits in primary school. <laughs> it really weren't that great, mate. And then it it really, got to the mate, point. I went to a church school. I had to go to church like four, five days a week. We would wow. carry our chair all the way from the school to the church. The church was literally on school grounds, but it took a while. You walk there, you put your seat down, all sitting there for hours singing songs. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. <laughs> for every day. And then I started playing violin in church. And I swear I can't to believe God, this. I, can't I will believe you never play ever forget. It's like the Christmas special, okay? It's my first year of violin. And uh, uh. Me, William Garrett, and I think George Dummer stood up there, the three people playing violin. We had a couple of lines to do in this well, it was song. was a trio, trio of violins? Yeah, we were playing together. Wow. I absolutely fucking crumbled. Oh, I started no. playing and I couldn't remember the notes. And it was just like, if you get a violin wrong, it's oh really wrong. God. And yeah. my violin, I could hear it over everyone else. It's just like... And my mum was front row looking at me. And you know what my mum's like. Mm. Oh, 
That's, yeah. that's, that's the same with a saxophone. My sister Nikki decided to <laughs> learn saxophone when she was a teenager. And my God, the noise was horrendous, mate. The noise was horrendous. And again, I'm a drummer. Like, fair play to my dad, like putting up with me playing drums in his house because... You know, it's, it's not a nice tune. Yeah, you have all Mac ones now, and they're still loud. Electronic ones, yeah, they are still loud. All <laughs> oh, Mac. The amount of the, the amount of times the neighbours have come to the door and told me to stop having fun. Also, me and Fab are filming a, a really exciting video that we've been planning. Um, it's completely different. That'll be on YouTube. That'll be out soon. And I actually, had an idea for that video. Something we could do with guests. I don't know which video you're talking about because we've had so many video ideas. Ideas. Recently. I'll remind you after. Yeah. We've got to keep this one a secret because it's a good one. Huh? <laughs> it's whispering. Uh, I still didn't know Have said. you got any other F1 news? Should we try and take this back to F1 a little bit? We'll round it off because this is actually going to be a fairly decent pod today. I We were speaking about Daniel earlier. Lando was asked how, how he would compare Oscar as a teammate to Daniel. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, Oscar is, you know, he's a really down to earth and, and just a normal guy. And, and we know that he is because, you know, we met him at a time when he probably would have been more like that anyway. You know, yeah. I think being in F1, you can, some people, the fame might get to them, like not, not picking anyone in particular, but as soon as you start getting money and fame and celebrity status, maybe it could change you as a person. I feel like Oscar's not going to be one of those people. No, I think he'll stay really level-headed, really calm. And every, it's, thing is, we've studied Oscar a lot because we had him on the pod and we've been looking at his career. But if you don't know much about Oscar, you might not know how good he is. But literally everyone thinks that he is like one of the next best drivers ever. Because you've got to think Lando well, the is... Reason, the reason they think that is because he's top of the pit stop fastest lap leaderboard. Well, as long as he's top of the pit stop fastest lap leaderboard, he is officially the fastest driver in the world. Like, it's up to the other drivers to come and I know prove him wrong. I know Oscar's probably not listening to this, but if you are... Oscar, we've had some information that there's a couple people coming for you, mate. There's a couple people that want to come back on the pod. Maybe it's a returning guest. Who knows? But there's a couple people out there who have been practicing Austria and their name isn't on the board at the minute and they do believe that they could beat your lap. And Oscar, some of these people might be closer to you than you can even imagine. Yeah, they could be right underneath your nose and you wouldn't even know it. That's that, eh? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Pit Stop Podcast. No race this weekend. Fab's going to be away, so I'm going to be in the flat. I'm going to see some friends. It's going to be a good weekend. <laughs> Jake's going to be under his duvet, crying himself to sleep. I hate it when sleep. you go away, man. I hate it. Like, I hate it. You... What? <laughs> you are a sad 27-year-old man. <laughs> Not in those words. <laughs> Not in those words. I just have nothing else to do. I uh, yeah, it is. It can be a bit strange, like when you work from home, like we do, because you know we walk out into our living room to work and do the pod, and then we don't leave. Like it's not as if you go to the office in the morning and then you can come home and you can relax on the sofa and be at home. Like we're just always on the sofa. Yeah, I might go for a run in the morning, go for a cycle, go for a picnic. Yeah, you normally eat breakfast around about six, don't you? Because then it gives you enough energy for your big triathlon that you normally do before midday. (laughs) Breakfast (laughs) is 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please do rate it five stars. Hit the like, the follow button. Um, subscribe wherever you're listening. New um, segment, new segment, oh, new segment. Blimey, that's hit me like a ton of bricks. Song of the day, song of the day. I like it. Yeah, What's the song of the yeah, day? The song of the day today is a brand new track from Tame Impala and Thundercat and it's called No More Lies. Check it out. What does it go like? 
Um, <coughs> that sounds awful. It goes a little bit. We like, can't play the yeah, song on the pod. I can't play. I'm not going to sing it. Well, tell me what it goes like for the listeners. If you can't play it, it's got a really cool drum beat in it where he's like boom at the end and it's at the end of every bar. It's really cool. Just be. Um, it's got a really cool synth in it. Nice chords. They're trading off lyrics, Thundercat and Tame Impala and Kevin, Kevin Parker. I can feel the beat even though you're not playing the song. Really My cool. head is just going back and forth. If anyone kind of likes funk, kind of crossed with like psychedelic rock, check it out. Cool. Thanks, Fat Fab. And tune in for the next episode where I'll give you our next song. Or Jake will give you the next song you of the day. You want a Jake song of the we'll day. T- we, we will trade off. At the end of every episode, All we'll right. give the people at home a song to listen to. All right, next week you're going to get my song of the day. See you guys on Monday. It's, Have a great weekend. It's like thunder and lightning. lightning. That would be awesome. It's very, very frightening. <laughs> no, I'm going to do Dancing on the Ceiling. Da, 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 da. Oh, God. Thank you, guys. See you later.